Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We are joined now by Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of Agriculture. Welcome to Reality Check. How are you today? Well, I'm uh, where I'm supposed to be on time, so that's always a good thing. (laughs) Well, I know your time is limited, so I've got to first of all ask you about some of the things that you have been doing lately when it comes to uh, the USDA. You have some initiatives around EBT and also around uh, uh, the other things that you were working on that you can tell us about. Well, we've been launched. Uh, we launched a, a focus on nutrition security uh, about a year or so ago. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of discussion about food insecurity, and mm-hmm. certainly that's an important issue. But uh, people can be fed, but not necessarily fed well. So we want to make sure that people are fed and fed well. Uh, and we want to focus on our young people, uh, and that's why uh, this administration has been focused on expanding access to our women and infant children program, uh, which basically helps nearly 6 million uh, pregnant women, uh, young children, babies uh, have access to nutritious offerings. Uh, Right now, we're uh, encouraging our Congress to adequately and fully fund that effort. Uh, We're excited about the opportunity to uh, improve our school meals, uh, making sure that there's more fruits and vegetables for young people. Uh, and at the same time, linking those schools to locally produced foods uh, so that it's fresh and, and, and nourishing. Uh, we recognize that there are times when youngsters uh, leave school and the question then is, where do the meals come from? Uh, so we're excited about the opportunity now to, to launch a permanent uh, electronic benefit transfer EBT program for summer meals. Now, the way this will work for uh, young people who are free and reduced lunch uh, at school, uh, their uh, parents will receive uh, a card uh, similar to a Visa card. Uh, it will basically provide for $40 per child per month for the three summer months, June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. So, $120 of additional support and help per child uh, for the families uh, so that they can better afford uh, proper nourishment for the youngsters. We have 37 states that have uh, signed on to uh, participate in this program. Uh, We still are working on the 13 states that, uh, for whatever reason, have decided not to do this. Uh, We're excited about the opportunity it's going to provide. We know that when we nourish our children properly, uh, they end up uh, doing better in school. They end up with better health outcomes. Uh, and at the end of the day, we're all better off. Um, and we're also obviously making sure that we are continuing to focus on uh, working with governors across the country to make sure the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, is administered properly so those who are in need of uh, assistance and help get it. Now, for the summer EBT program, is that something that people have to reapply for or is this part of the benefits package that they already receive? Well, it it kind of depends. Uh, If youngsters are already uh, established by their school as free and reduced lunch, uh, then it's pretty much automatic. Or if they're in Medicaid, if their family's uh, receiving Medicaid, fairly automatic. But there may be circumstances and situations where some uh, may have to uh, apply for, uh, for this assistance. I would also say that this is in addition to, and I want to make sure I make this point, this is in addition to uh, the summer feeding program that we already have in place, which is a congregate uh, feeding program where young people can go to a particular location and receive a meal during the summer. Uh, In rural areas, we're now uh, actually working with non-congregate circumstances where uh, uh, folks can drive by and basically pick up a meal. So in addition to the regular summer 
uh, feeding program, we have the CBT program. So uh, more more assistance and more help for, for uh, families. Now, I understand that uh, during the pandemic, there were additional uh, there was additional funding for some of the programs for WIC, for EBT, and that now there may be some challenges to those appropriations. Uh, can you expand on that? Well, the WIC program uh, actually had a bonus program. Uh, uh, portion of it that basically made it easier to purchase more fruits and vegetables. Um, and so uh, when Congress makes the decision about budgets, if and when they make that decision, uh, our hope is that they adequately and fully fund the WIC program. Uh, if they underfund it, it will be the first time in 25 years uh, that there wasn't bipartisan support for this important program. Uh, and if they uh, do underfund it, then it does put into to jeopardy some of those additional uh, bonuses that were part of uh, the, the uh, pandemic response. Uh, we know, uh, again, when people have access to fruits and vegetables, uh, they'll, they'll consume those fruits and vegetables. And at the end of the day, they become better consumers uh, of food. And uh, we also know that sometimes it's hard for families uh, to basically be able to afford those fruits and vegetables. And so this is a, a bonus program. This is an added uh, additional assistance for for families with young children. And we're uh, broadcasting live at the White House today. And I'm told that if there is a budget impasse, that it may directly affect the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> well, it, absolutely. It will shut the place down. Um, and, you know, this is what people don't realize, uh, realize about all of this uh, business. First of all, Congress hasn't passed a budget on time since 1995. Uh, just to, you know, kind of reflect on where you were in 1995. That was a long time ago, yeah. right? Um, uh, and it creates real difficulties because as a department, we have to actually prepare now for the potential of a shutdown, which means we have to direct people's attention away from making sure the EBT program is administered properly, making sure the SNAP program is available to people, making sure that we're doing what we need to do to uh, ensure our summer meals, our school meals program is, is on, on track. Uh, that takes people's time away from critically important uh, policies and critically important programs for people to be able to uh, determine how we would respond to a shutdown. We would have to essentially establish, in essence, uh, two kind of two types of employees, those who, who have to remain on the job and those who can't work. And when we say can't work, we mean they can't take their iPhone. They can't take their iPad. They can't make a phone call. They can't work. Mm -hmm. It's literally against the law. Uh, and so it just creates a tremendous uh, backlog of important work that needs to be done. And there's a reason we have government. Government's designed uh, to, to help folks. And when you stop government, any portion of it, you obviously jeopardize that help. Uh, well, that is got to be frustrating for you as someone who is administering this agency that does so many things. Uh, one of the things that you were doing is opening urban service centers. Uh, Philadelphia, I believe, is one of the cities that is going to be a benefic beneficiary of that. Right. I can refer to it as Philly because I'm originally from Pittsburgh. So, I, yeah, <laughs> Philly is one of them. Uh, I, 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 somehow I didn't get one for my hometown I, and I'm uh, catching heck for that. Um no, this is one of 17 urban centers. Uh, we want people to understand that agriculture isn't limited to uh, a rural area. 
that in fact, there's a quite a bit of agriculture that's taking place in urban centers like Philadelphia. Uh, it may be a community garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be a, a school garden. It may be a, uh, a building that's been transitioned into an in- indoor garden, uh, indoor uh, agriculture field. It may be even a container, uh, a trailer uh, that's converted into a, a place where leafy greens are being grown. So we want people to be able to access the same level of programs, the the, the farmer loan programs, the uh, the conservation programs, uh, as uh, their rural counterparts get, uh, because we think it's important for us to send the message that agriculture can take place, shoot, it can take place on top of a roof, um, and often does. Uh, and we're excited about the these 17 centers. We'd like to be able to expand them beyond that, uh, but that, of course, would require a budget, and it would require Congress basically providing the resources to do that. Well, if that does happen, how can people access the services, particularly uh, in Philadelphia, since we are a radio station that is based there? So we're really talking about people who are growing gardens, whether it's in their backyard or on their rooftop or uh, in their front yard, that they can take advantage of some of the funding that the USDA has. Well, uh, let me just give you an example. One of the things that they may be interested in is a microloan. Uh, this is a loan for somebody who hasn't had a lot of experience farming but wants to get started. Uh, a loan of up to $50,000, payable over seven years, very low interest rate, uh, can be used pretty flexibly. Uh, and what it does is when you have that kind of loan, you then get the uh, experience that allows you eventually to go in and get a larger operating or ownership loan uh, that is available but requires a bit more experience. Now, in order for folks to access those programs, they have to uh, – they have to know about them and they have to be able to apply for them. two ways to do that. One online, uh, there is a starter kit. There's a loan assistance uh, uh, tool uh, on our USDA.gov website, USDA.gov. Um, and there's also uh, an FSA office, a farm service agency office located in Philadelphia uh, that folks can go into and actually talk to somebody uh, about the programs and say, I'm thinking about this kind of specialty crop I want to grow, or I'm thinking about uh, doing this in my backyard. Mm-hmm. What what What's available? Uh, where could I potentially market this? There may be an opportunity to link it with a farmer's market, or it may even be an opportunity to link it to a local school uh, in terms of local purchasing. So a lot of opportunities there, either uh, at the FSA office or online. And this program is up and running now. Yes, it is. Now, I don't have enough time to go into the historical inequities uh, as it relates to black farmers and the loss of land. But I do know that there are programs we broadcast live at the Black Farmers Conference uh, at Delaware State University last year. And so we got some sense of what the issues are. But what are uh, what is the USA doing to encourage more folks uh, to be farmers? Well, we just launched the uh, the Equity Commission report that contained uh 66 recommendations in terms of how we might be able to improve our uh, our efforts. We also have equity plans within each missionary, including uh, the missionary that services farmers uh, in terms of how we can improve. Let me briefly try to uh, summarize. Sure. Number one, uh, we understand there's not a trusting relationship. Uh, we've got to build that trusting relationship. And so what we have done is we've contracted with organizations and entities, the National Black Horse Council, for example, uh, Farmers Council, which basically we provide resources and then we say, help us with outreach. 
then once we get folks in, uh, we've simplified the loan application process. Uh, and I mentioned the online uh, tool. We've simplified that process. Sometimes there's issues with title. Uh, maybe the title wasn't handed down uh, precisely the way it needed to be, or maybe there are fractional interests that are owned. We're helping with heirs' property issues. Uh, we've created a, 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 a resource to be able to consolidate land ownership uh, and title uh, so that people can access all of our programs. We've also extended cooperative agreements on our conservation programs. Over 100 uh, organizations are now being contracted with NRCS to get information out. We're working uh, in loan servicing uh, for uh, black farmers who are already doing business with USDA where they might be having a little difficulty. We're providing some uh, extension of payments uh, and some forgiveness, loan forgiveness. And of course, we have the financial assistance program that was announced uh, under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, we've received nearly 60,000 applications for financial assistance for those uh, who, who were discriminated against uh, prior to 2021. 20, uh, uh, and we expect those resources to be made available sometime uh, this summer. Well, I spoke to a farmer uh, in Delaware when I was at that conference who had been farming for generations, but didn't necessarily think that because his sons were now in their 50s that he was going to be able to continue that into the next generation. How would you, uh, in your position, uh, encourage young people who might be interested in returning to our agricultural past and, and paving the way to become black farmers. What is uh, something that your office is doing that they can look to if that's something that they're interested in doing? Well, first and foremost, I, I mentioned the microloan program. Uh, that's a good way to get started and to establish uh, uh, enough experience that you then can uh, provide uh, an opportunity for a larger uh, operating and, and ownership loan, which is hundreds of thousands of potential dollars. Uh, available. Secondly, uh, pay attention to what we're doing in terms of land and market access. Uh, we recently provided grants to 50 different organizations to give us information about what are the best practices now in terms of making access to land available uh, so that uh, folks who are getting started have uh, an opportunity. Uh, there's a beginning farmer uh, and rancher development program. Uh, there's a lot of information on our website. Uh, that uh, can allow folks to, to better understand how to get started and where, where to look for help and assistance. Um, and I, there's also a, a, a very significant initiative on the organic side. Uh, they may want to start uh, on the higher value proposition. We have a mentoring program where we can link uh, individuals who want to become an organic farmer uh, with an existing organic farmer so that they don't make the same mistakes twice, uh, if you will. Uh, there's also assistance and help, financial assistance to make that transition. So there's a lot of activity going on. Um, I would, would encourage them to, to uh, look at our website, look at the uh, organizations that are contracting with USDA to provide information and outreach uh, and or uh, uh, going into the FSA office and sitting down with uh, with folks at the FSA office and saying, I'm interested in farming. What can I what can, what can I do? What can how can you help me? Uh, the last thing I would say is that. Uh, whether it's a land grant university, historic black colleges, universities, we are contracting with them as well in terms of extension and providing services. Uh, and that's also a potential uh, source of information about how do you get started? Where do you start? Wonderful. Uh, Secretary Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of Agriculture, thank you so much for the time that you have uh, uh, given us today on Reality Check. We truly appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 